mysticism, nether worlds, the planes of existence. Most of us know only one existence, and that's what's in front of us and what has happened. But are there more? Do we need to understand these things? Are they important? Are they even real? Today we talk to Dale Allen Rouse, who is a master shaman. Dale, how's it going? Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Now, Andrea, you were you're a little bit worried about this podcast today because you're like, I don't know what the hell these dogs want to talk about. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's the whole part of things I want to know. I just wanted to give the disclaimer is I come at this pretty openly and I could be a little bluntly. So some people kind of, I guess, look at that as sometimes. I think the one that you have to really be worried about is what comes out of my head, not yours. <laughs> That's probably true. But <laughs> So if I ask questions probably in a little bit blunt fashion, it's not because I'm trying to be rude. It's honestly because I'm coming at it a place to, to learn and to know something. So Yeah. It's like we had one guy that um, um, he was touched by angels, I could say, which is fine. But that was a tough one because we were like, didn't we were worried about making him mad because we could, I, I don't know, I kind of felt like just under the surface there might have been a little tad of anger. Well, there. I usually, I'm a pretty blunt individual and I pretty much just ask the questions. And sometimes people take that as I'm just being rude or I guess not politically correct. But I'm just honestly coming at it from a just wanting to learn and knowledge and just be better educated. So I always try to throw that out there so I don't make people, I'm not intentionally trying to make people upset. I just really want to learn. And this is something I know nothing about. I maybe had a few things over the years told to me by my grandmother, but because she had a little bit of Native American background, but honestly, I've always been very curious about it. So, so Dale, you, now you're also an author though, too. Yes, that's correct. I have a crazy background that led me to where I am today. <laughs> but yes, I have authored um, six books now. I have two series that are out. But to answer Andrea's question, like most people come to this not knowing anything about shamanism. They have an opinion about it, but they don't actually know anything about it, right? Yeah. Because when you ask them directly, what is shamanism? They have no answer, right? And so... The truest answer is of native, you know, communities and cultures is that a shaman is a doctor of the soul. But then that brings up the question, what is the soul? What are you working with? Like if you're a doctor of the soul and the soul is um, just essentially energy, it's not something that you can open the body up and find. Right. So so then what are we dealing with? How are we fixing people by addressing their soul issues um, in that way? OK, so but now I always try to take care of the uh, housekeeping first. Now, your books are available where? On Amazon. Yes. Uh, so I have two series. Like I said, the first is a trilogy. It's really dark and dense. And <laughs> it's just, I kind of started it as my trauma journal. So it, uh -huh. it gets kind of a little, a little dark at times. Uh, but then I, so that's a journey of a dark shaman is the trilogy It's available on Amazon. But then I have another series, which is the language and light. And it's kind of like shamanism for kids. Um, it's kind of like Harry Potter for gay kids and shamanism, if you will. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Um, so tell us a little bit about your life and so what, what brought you to this, to this 
uh, life that you're leading now. Right. So I was raised uh, just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, my family was very strict, very Baptist, very religious. And Baptists, yet the Catholics, <laughs> well, one podcast says the Baptists are the uh, Catholics of the Northeast. Yeah. <laughs> or the South. <laughs> yeah. But we were pretty strict and like we weren't allowed to dance or have playing cards or watch Three's Company. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> like all of these things were very, very taboo in the household that I grew up. We have right? a lot of that here. We a lot of the people we know are like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, it was just very rigid and, and strict. But anyhow, I left home very early. I hadn't even graduated high school. I was 16 years old and I ran away from home to join a ballet company. All right. <laughs> and yeah, and I was a professional uh, dancer uh, nice. for close to 20 years. That's cool. I uh, toured the world and, and did all that business. Did you ever go to that- Prague? Prague, no. Oh, okay. No. But uh, yeah, I uh, had a really successful big career. I was on Broadway. I was a backup dancer for Celine Dion for many years. I was nice. in a bunch of ballet companies. And that just artistically really opened me up to, you know, what good art is, right? And I really studied that for a very long time in that career. Flash forward to, I was 35 and I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little old to be jumping up and down for a living. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Exactly. So I, I started, um, I started real estate and it was there in my real oh, estate. So coaching. you went to the depths of hell. Nice. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I went and started that. And, um, you know, I noticed that I was getting way ahead of the other people that I went to real estate school with. And it caused me to really examine what am I doing versus what are they doing? Okay. Right. And what I recognize is that I, saw a lot of my efforts in terms of generating new business and things like that as energy work, not as real estate. Okay. Right. And so I kept tapping into that. I'm like, okay, there's something here that's propelling me, you know, because I made a quarter of a million dollars in my first year in real estate. I mean, so I just want to ask you a dollars. question real quick. Can, okay. you know, you, do you give any personal loans? Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Advice, yes. Loans, no. <laughs> so, you know, but that was my first year. My second year, I made a half a million dollars. And the third year I was in real estate, I was fourth in the entire state out of all individual real estate agents. And so, again, it kept leading me back to what am I doing? that other people aren't doing. Cause to me, it just felt normal and natural. And so it started this business of coaching others of what I was doing, which they weren't doing, which was kind of a manifesting mindset, right? It was, it was kind of the energy work and understanding the stuff behind the stuff. Let me give you an example. Um, so one way that we get business in real estate is we just go door to door. You go door knocking, right? And you just meet your neighbors and are like, Hey, I got this listing coming up or I got this open house coming up. And you just start talking to people. Right. But I never saw that as an attempt to get business at the doors as much as I did see it as energy work. That was a statement to the universe that was calling in a really bold fashion, right? Forward stuff, what I wanted, right? And I was really putting my neck out there. I was really going for it. And the the statement that I was making to the universe was really clear because it's not easy to show up at strangers doors and start knocking on them and asking for business. Yeah. I, I, I sold a life, health, and disability insurance for 20 years, and is always the number two in the state for 
selling life insurance. And the number one guy is always a different guy every year because, you know, those guys, they, they burn out so fast. So, right. I mean, I get it. It's you go out and sell something. You have to, people go, no, get the fuck out of here. No, get the fuck out of here. No, get the fuck right. out of here. And you're, it's like if you let that bother you, you might as well just go dig your grave now because it's not going to work for you. Right. Because the hardest thing you'll ever do is ask for something for yourself. Yeah. Right. I haven't really had a problem with that. You know, I mean, let's, let's, you know, again, you know, if you ever feel about getting out, you know, if you ever feel that maybe you're in the position to give out personal loans, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) But your experience in sales in terms of how it affected your health was very similar to mine. And that's part of what I found so interesting about your story. You had a full like breakdown or something because of the stress of your sales job. Did you not? Um, no, I just got up one day and said, fuck this bullshit. I fucking hate this. I want to strangle. I, I want to strangle everybody I meet. I want to slit my own throat. I want to, I, I want to burn down the entire world. I mean, it's like if Stalin was still alive, I'd be a friend with him and say, look, man, you really need to push that button. Oh my God. I'm just saying. And, and, and I got tired of it and I said, screw it. I'm not going to do it anymore. But you started having yeah. seizures, didn't you? I had a seizure when I was, I had a seizure from stress, but Yeah. But, but it, it didn't stop that, me. It wasn't the reason I changed. The reason I changed because I said, fuck it. I, I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. Good for you. It is a very stressful job, but it was there that allowed me to start coaching others. That is actually was the genesis of my spiritual practice. And I, I didn't know this at the time, but in helping others kind of start to really focus on manifesting business and manifesting the lives that they want for other people or for themselves, rather, you know, like, that whole process really got me looking at the stuff behind the stuff, right? Like what is it that energetically that we're doing that moves things forward versus not? Because I know that when I went door knocking, I would never get new business from the doors, but my phone would start ringing and I'd start getting business from other places. And again, I really saw knocking on doors, not trying to get business from the doors, but to make a really bold statement to the universe, like I said, and that's what got me ahead. And again, even though I didn't get any business from the doors, my business tripled. Wow. Well, and it, I've always said garbage in, garbage out. If you believe you're going to fail, you're going to fail. Right. If you believe you're going to win, you're going to win. If, you, if you're like me, and I, I don't compete with people. I mm. couldn't give two shits less in what other person does. If, mm. you know, they're winning. Okay. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. Right. I, 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 not, not a damn thing. My circumstances are not like theirs. Their circumstances are not like mine. And I am me. And... This is what I have. And mm-hmm. so that's why I succeed in a lot of stuff. It's because I do what I want and I don't let it other people's other people's circumstances or, or peer pressure. If they come around to like that's one reason why your daughter, Andrea, I'm always on to her about peer pressure because peer pressure is the number one killer of dreams. Yeah, she's fifteen, so yeah. she's also at a different difficult place in her life. Well, and she's 15. That's just difficult, period. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean. I wouldn't want to be 15 again, that's for sure. Only reason I'd be 15 again is if I could go back in time and be 15 and keep my brain in my head and I'd just like buy Yahoo. and. and <laughs> you know. That's true. And then I wouldn't have to worry about anything. I'd I'm going to invent Amazon. Yeah. I'd, I'd, 
Well, maybe I should have tried harder because I did. Me and that guy, Sean, we did that, Amazon. You had an idea for Amazon way before Amazon was even a thing. Well, yeah, yeah, and but we went around trying to get people to invest in it, and they wouldn't, probably because Sean was really creepy. He's a good guy. I liked him, but he was creepy. <laughs> and people would see him, and we were like, no. <laughs> so I guess tell us more about your journey. Like, how would you define shamanism? Yeah. So shamanism really is anything that is um, kind of working with energy that's unseen is kind of now there's a lot of um, different ways to, you know, work within shamanism. Like the school that I went to, um, they kind of teach you everything up front, you know, from energy clearing to music and songs to, you know, working with the dead to channeling to uh, working with people and setting intentions, you know, so, all of that stuff. And so they kind of school. Oh, yeah. There's there's dozens of schools. Oh, OK. Like, yeah. Where? I mean, is it you like- can't go to school to be a witch. <laughs> well, you could through shamanism if that's how you want to define yourself, if you want to define your your yourself that way, because that's part like the big tent of shamanism would include people who consider themselves to be a witch. OK, yeah. so where did you is it online? Is it like a building? Is it just like a group of you that get together? I mean, yeah, no, there's actual um, schools where you can go and get uh, certifications, doctor, doctorates in shamanism. You can, I mean, it's the same as you can with Christianity and any kind of other, okay. you know. Oh, there's I didn't know Theological type school thing. I did on. not know that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the, the school I went to is called Light Song. It's in uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, so it's really just working with any of that energy work or the unseen is kind so, of the big tent of shamanism. I just want to say that most of the time, the people that we talk to, uh, you ask them about this stuff and they're like, no, 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 you just kind of do it on yourself. I mean, our la our, the guy we interviewed yesterday, which is a future podcast about uh, Jedi, Jediism, I guess it is, whatever mm -hmm. you say. Um, it's like, no, no, there's no school or anything. You just kind of do your research and, 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 and come to your right place in your brain you're the first person we've run into that actually has uh some kind of education yeah formal training formal training in this i mean uh, it's you know the formal training when i think of formal training for shamanism i'm like oh you go in the, the mud hut with the indian guy who turns puts a fire in the middle and you all sweat to death and he explains well, and that's to you how to dream Yes, you used to you used to have to go an apprentice with a shaman, and that would be often a minimum of like a ten year course, and you oh, would yeah. just wow. go an apprentice with them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like to be considered a shaman, which I do not consider myself. I consider myself a shamanic practitioner. I'm not a shaman because I'm not at that level yet, but maybe someday I will be. And you know, I just keep well, working at it. Shaman also means you're a teacher, though, doesn't it? Um, you know, it really depends on what circles you run in okay. because tell you, there's a lot of people who will like come after me if I, if I uh, identify myself that way, because they see that as a title that you have to earn. And they probably would look at my credentials and say, well, you have, you're not at that level yet. And so that's why we use the, you know, the term, I'm a shamanic practitioner, less like saying I'm a Catholic, right? It's just your observations <laughs> of, of a certain, you know, group. So Question. This is kind of just silly because I've got a bachelor's and a master's and I got another. So does application of student aid help you pay for this or is this kind of one of those private schools you pay out of your pocket? 
it's a private school. Okay. I was just curious because I mean, a lot of universities are opening themselves up to a lot more spiritualism type degrees and certificates and things like that. I was just kind of curious. Women's history or something like that. A women's, what is that? Women's degree now that's not going to help you do anything. I mean, shamanism to me would be kind of interesting just to take classes, just to know and be. I just wish we could return our colleges to, you're going to learn to be an engineer. You don't need a general rounded education. You don't need to learn to, you don't need to learn to speak uh, alien. You can just (laughs) learn how to build a fucking building. You know? So... uh, these people, <laughs> even not a segue into that. <laughs> so do you, these teachers that you go with, so they're like, they're, are, I guess, teachers, apprentice, however you want to look at it. Are they, um, full blown shamanism people have done this for 20 plus years. Is that what it takes to be like the top teacher? Yes, exactly. And so that's exactly, there's, there's generally like one, you know, head shaman that kind of then has a bunch of apprentices that they're working through and then the apprentices then work with the students. So it's kind of a hierarchy like that. So these teachers, are they just like from all different types of, I, this to me, this is going to sound probably kind of bad, but are they like, I think of native Americans as I guess my grandmother had a little native American background. She used to Mm. There's some things she used to put on her chest when we were kids. It used to stink, but it was mixture of herbs and stuff. And she'd rub it on her chest and we would not be sick. We would not be congested. I'm thinking it's like Vicks Vapor Rub, but more of a, well, organic form. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what she was putting on there? It's the or, essence of tree frog. Here you go. Or she would like go get stuff and mix it a hot toddy. Mix it. It was alcohol, but it was kids. We're like, oh, this tastes good. Yeah. And we would be out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I picture in hot my brandy is what you what they would give little kids in the eighteen uh, hundreds. Well, sure. But and all, all of that is a part of it. And you're right. I mean, all of our traditions obviously come from the indigenous tribes and nations of, you know, all lands. All lands had indigenous yes. people. And so I'm glad you said that because that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, we get us so upset with the, about the American Indians. And I get it. I mean, I understand that the second largest genocide on the planet that we know of in the last two to 300 years, number one was the Jews and number two was the American Indians by the, by the American government. And people don't understand how big a genocide that really was. 95% of the indigenous population was wiped out in the first five years of white people landing on their land. 95% of the population. And that was kind of a Cortez kind of thing too, because when they landed, they had malaria and stuff. They killed off. They, they think that there's one theory is why the Aztecs don't long, no longer exist is because they were wiped out by the plague. Yeah. Yeah. It's a theory. We don't know right. if it's true. No one knows if it's true. Right. Uh, but that was 1500s. Yeah. So. Exactly. It's just an accident. I don't think they meant to do it. It wouldn't. And when they figured out that it was working and they got the crossways with them, then they use it as chemical warfare. But yeah. initially they were like, uh, you know, whatever. I guess for some reason they expected to actually land in India. Mm-hmm. So it's how short-sighted of people yeah. back then. Well, all they had was a compass. I mean, let's face it. You That's end true. up anywhere with a compass. You don't know where you're Especially going. if you don't know how to read it. <laughs> I, I have the entire world on my phone and I still get lost. So, <laughs> <laughs> so are there like various um, branches of shamanism? Is there one of them like medicine? The other one's like yeah. you said, like talking to the dead. I mean, do you get exactly. like various mm-hmm. classes so, for this or... 
There is. And, and so we all arrive with our own unique abilities. And so you come to the school and what they do is they present the entire range of exactly what you're saying. Do you want to, you know, specialize? Are you called to specialize in medicine or in drumming or in song or in, you know, even tarot card reading or, you know, removal of attachments, ex exorcism, like psychopomp work and working with the dead. Like there's so many ways that you can, you know, express shamanism through yourself, depending on your own personal sensitivities and abilities. My personal gift is channeling, channeling information from beyond me onto this plane. But we all go to the shaman school and you kind of, you know, learn a little bit of everything. You learn just one class of each topic and then you kind of get called from your heart, right? What are you being called to specialize in? And uh, then you kind of go down that road with more, um, intense training in the modality that you're more interested in. And I think the medicine part would be most interesting because there is a little bit of truth to some of that. Well, there's probably more than just a little bit of truth. I mean, that's how we discovered aspirin. It was that white tree bark is aspirin. Mm -hmm. And like this, people like, I used to giggle at the essential oil stuff. I used to think, oh yeah, I'm going to put this little couple drops of this orange spice thing in my little diffuser and it's supposed to make me relax. I used to think it was silly, but I got some and, and actually it, it I don't know if it's maybe just, I wanted it to, or it really did, but it does kind of have a little bit of truth to it. When it comes to psychological issues, it's, it, 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 that's a real question, whether or not the front loading mm -hmm. of your uh, expectations is going to cause it to be cause it to come to be or does it actually do it and that's you know placebo effect it's exactly what they do in medicine to see if stuff works so True. i mean that's how they do their their studies they give 15 they give they have 1500 people to give half of them uh medicine that they know didn't work and they give right. the other half medicine that they're trying to figure out if it does work so right. in any of your studies did you get like an aha moment of oh wow this is this really does work and that you went into it, not necessarily believing that it did, but when you went and studied and actually experienced things, you had like that epiphany moment. Oh, trust me. I am like, uh, still reserving judgment. <laughs> you know, I really want to, that's you good. Know, I, no, I, I respect you for that because most people are true. like, I'm all in. This is what it's yeah, going to be. No, exactly. And it's like, I have to, I'm in it to experience it for what it is for me, not for what I expect it or what other people are going to tell me it's going to be like, I want to, I want to see the ghosts, right? Show me the ghosts, you know, show me all the weird stuff because I want to like see and experience it for myself so that I can either, you know, well, at least say that I took the journey to discover yeah. for myself what's there, but I am very hesitant to, you know, say that anything is either one thing or the other until I've had firsthand account of it. Right. But yes, there's been some experiences that could not be uh, explained in any way, like as an example. So within shamanism, we have our power animal or spirit animal. Everyone knows about that. And, you know, you you gain you within on the TV first, all the time. Or, What's that? or memes of the spirit animal that people yes, exactly. make kind <laughs> of jokes. Toast. So, but that is part of our actual spiritual practice, right? But on top of that, we have what's called our power stack. And we actually have four entities that we kind of hold as a kind of like a totem pole of power within ourselves. And so the first entity 
is uh, your power animal. And then the next one is your body protector. But then the one below that is the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper for me is this individual that appears for me that, you know, kind of regulates my body and things like this. Anyhow, I had a woman come over to my house and she was doing just a general Reiki session, just kind of clearing. What? Just Reiki. What's that? Reiki is kind of energy work that they use. Uh, so the source of energy power, right, of Reiki power is something that Reiki practitioners direct through your body for healing. OK, and so I was just about to write a whole bunch more books and I wanted to be really clean of my energy field. And so she came in over and gave me a, a clearing. And while she was doing that, she was communicating with my body protector and not only described what he physically looks like to me, but the conversations that they were having that included some of my conversations with him from the past, how she knew that, how she knew what he looked like when I had never told her. Right. And so, I, again, like there's all these this crossover between, you know, our reality and what's happening, like what we call behind the veil, the actual energy work of where so much is happening all around us that we as humans and our, you know, little meat packages, our little avatars that we're walking around in cannot perceive. But we say in shamanism, never is nothing ha not happening, right? Never is nothing not happening, right? Something is always happening. And so whether it's with your words, with your energies, there's always so much more going on around us than we have the ability to perceive, Right. And so it's just really opening yourself up to that and remaining curious and then allowing something when it comes up to be true. If it is true for you, that is a huge part of shamanism, at least for me, is an understanding and gaining clarity of what is true for me. Now, true is, you know, and truth is a tricky word because what's true for me may not be true for you. And vice right. versa. Right. Yeah. That's why we as humans can't get along. <laughs> right? well, we can't get along because, you know. We're greedy and love, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of terrible. <laughs> yeah. And really, you know, it actually boils down. To, we're not actually I, I don't believe people are actually terrible. <laughs> I think what it is, is people we're, we're not allowed to express ourselves or we don't or we aren't taught how to express ourselves in the correct way. And a lot of times the stresses and turmoils of our own brain against ourselves. Correct. Uh, then because we can't take any more torture of ourselves to ourselves. We torture people around us because it deflects and we don't longer think that we're evil. We're not the ones doing the bad thing. So I can have a reprieve and know that I'm doing the right thing. But that person over there is a fucking scumbag for eating my Twinkies out of the, out of the refrigerator. And I'm going to make his life fucking hell. And, yeah, that's, well, we and that's what people do is it's like, no, you're not mad at the guy for eating your Twinkies. You're mad at yourself for being an asshole. Yeah. Sorry. Well, so, we just live in a very dense world, right? It's, yeah. it's very, you know, ego driven. I mean, even our entire society based on money is very punitive. Well, and but there has to be some I mean, there, it, it's it's not wrong. I don't want to dismiss the, you know, that part of it. It's not wrong to be punitive. We have to have reward and risk if there's no reward and risk human beings will kill each other mm -hmm. i mean that's just humans mm -hmm. in my opinion i think mean, it's the way i've always felt it to be it's like why communism can't work is because you got a guy like me you tell me i got a choice between four cars they're all the same car but one's red one's blue one yellow one green so would you give me the fucking blue car and i'm gonna take the blue car out and i'm gonna burn it in the fucking field because i don't want your car i want the car i want <laughs> so i got a question i live in eureka springs i don't know if you're very okay. familiar with that side it's a very sweet 
cute, open-minded town. It's got all sorts of stuff. And they used to have a shop that said American shamanism. And basically, they were just trying to sell CBD oil and pot. More or less. <laughs> and so that was yeah. the first, honestly, I thought, okay, is that what I that is? Is that what that is? And they would always advertise, come in there and we'll clear you and this, that, and the other. How do I know as someone who's a layman, who's very curious, uh, but would like to maybe have a spiritual journey per se, how do I know if someone's legitimate, qualified, and not just trying to take my money? Or just, just listen to your gut. Or just fuck yeah, just your head. Good. I mean, sure. some of those people just want to fuck you with your head. It's an ego trip for them. They've got tarot cards oh. everywhere. And oh, then you got, really true. you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm very open. I mean, I, I don't fault anybody, but I'm curious. If she wasn't open, yeah. she wouldn't be hanging around me, that's for damn sure. <laughs> well, I mean, for, first off, I would ask their credentials, you know, have they had any formal training? Or like you talk about, so many people just kind of walk, wander around lost in the woods with no actual structure to their discovery process of self, of its spirit, right? And so I would just not only kind of ask a few questions, but really listen to your gut. You know, you know when someone is saying they are who they are in your presence, right? And so I would just like really listen to yourself and your own, you know, guidance, your internal guidance of what feels right in that moment. Do you think there's a kind of change a little bit of the gears here? Do you think there is a movement for modern shamanism? God, I hope so, because what they have set up right now is very and I get it I, again. I, I understand that there's a lot of people who live in, um, you know, in lack and they fear that if their brand of their faith becomes larger and more global, oh that it somehow becomes less, you know, it becomes watered down or whatever. I don't see it that way. And I really am hoping that we can move into a more global conversation around this stuff. So it's not just reserves for certain people, certain tribes, certain, you know, uh, groups of people that it, it can, well, because it's such an amazing practice. It's that like doctors don't listen to dentists. Right. Right. Well, that's, they, that's but, but but at the same time, dentists had to do the same school that they did. No, dental school's different. Well, no, they have to do the pre, they have to do the pre med stuff. I can't really one hundred percent speak to that, but they do. The, I'm a nurse, so I have a little bit about knowledge of this. They nowadays, the physicians that I've met and encountered, they do understand the holistic practice of mental and physical and then all that goes together that you have to be able to help all of it. You can't just, I, they know to talk about people's mental illness and spiritualism and what makes them happy. Right. They yeah. a little, that's new in the past 10 years. Well, the, all the medical students are in, I guess, residents I've run into that I've encountered, they have that sense of, I'm not going to treat just the physical part. You know, I'm yeah, going, that's, you know. that's really new actually. Cause I, like I said, I was, I, I went, did a little bit of schooling and a lot of research into psychology. I can't say that I did enough because I didn't, but, um, you know, it's like psychologists and doctors back then in 94, 92, they're, they didn't trust each other at all. They wouldn't listen to each other. The, 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 the regular people, the regular doctors wouldn't listen to the, to the uh, uh, psychiatrist and the psychiatrist wouldn't listen to the regular doctors. Now it's more of that's out of my scope of practice. I'm going to go consult psychiatry and we'll see what we can do for you. It's a little yeah. bit different now. Yeah, they, they used to not even do that. They didn't care. It's They it, just medicate them to calm them down, make them go away. 
Nah, yeah, it's it's changing. I think. Well, it is changing, and like if you ever have a chance to read the book, the book "The Body Keeps the Score" about PTSD, it is so fascinating because it takes the guy who wrote it um, through all of these like different stages of his research and what he was doing with people with PTSD. And in the beginning of his research, exactly what you're saying, he was very closed off from the other doctors and other fields of medicine. But as this moved along, um, like up to today, we are seeing a more, you know, global approach to dealing with somebody and their issues rather than just looking at, you know, one specialty or, you know. Yeah. Okay. Totally off subject, but I got a question. I'm Jewish. Um, and we were, I was raised in a split household of Baptist and Jewish kind of stuff, mainly more Baptist. We were always taught by our grandparents that dealing with talking with the dead, dealing with any type of spiritualism, dealing with anything outside of the Bible and God is you're going to go straight to hell. So my question is, is how would you, what advice would you give to somebody who's curious about this to make them feel comfortable with, you know, we were always taught, don't mess with the Ouija board. Don't talk to the dead. You're, you know, yeah. you're going to burn in hell. So How would you exactly. make them feel a sense like they could approach this and it not go against their faith? So look at what those faiths are saying. The words that those faiths are saying is hell, evil, right? They're the ones who are calling these words into the plane, those things don't exist outside of the human ego, yet they're bringing them into the conscious plane in which you live. So I'm very careful around people who use words like sin, like evil, right? Because again, what they're doing is they're injecting that into the thought form. Those things don't exist, at least not in my faith. And so for somebody to bring dense, dark energy like you just named, into my world, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to let that be over there with them, with the people who are using those words and bringing that level of energy and quite frankly, darkness into the world. So I guess the best advice would be for someone who's curious about that is just try to have an open, positive energy where you're trying to learn and discover this stuff. Well, exactly. And if somebody is cautioning you, watch the words they're using. Because what they're doing is they're injecting fear into your environment. They are putting a hex on you, right? Yeah. And I don't, I don't believe in that. And so I'm really careful because I come from a very, very strict, you yeah. know. You've experienced you know. it. I have experienced it. Trust me. <laughs> you, yeah, you, being, you've been on the other side of that curtain. Being told that, you know, I killed my father because I'm gay, you know, like ever since I that. I that. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> these people are dense. These right. people are bringing evil into the world by trying to protect from evil because what are they talking about? They're talking about evil. Yeah. And it only exists through the mouth that's languaging it. Right. So we have to be really careful about what we allow into our energy field and not let people bring that type of dense, dark fear into our, our lives and to be open and to just allow your experience to be your experience. Oh, that's interesting. Right? And not be. 
Oh, go mm-hmm. ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say, just not to be, you know, directly affected by the words of others. Be directly affected by your experience. Don't be directly affected by, you know, people I, who are. I think you're right them. about that because that's kind of what I do. I only go by my own experiences right. and past and forwards and how I feel. Yeah. And I don't exactly what I was saying earlier. I don't let that other person. That's why I don't compete because their circumstances are not my circumstances. Right. They're, I mean, just giving it a different, you know, the, we're saying the same thing. It's just coming from a different place, yeah. but it's coming from the same place. So for those of you who, who are listening that aren't quite into the shaman thing, uh, he, what he's saying is correct because what you want, what you can't let somebody else's victory or failure rule your ability to move forward or have your own victory of failure because it has nothing to do with you. Right. In shamanism, spirituality is always a journey for one. Yeah. Not to be influenced. We don't that's have a life. That's, have that's a why I look at it. We have life. nothing. We, we, we just listen to ourselves. We are put on the trailhead of our own personal discovery and yeah. journey. Well, that's life. I mean, I can't yeah. experience Andrea's life. Andrea can't experience my life. We can experience life together, mm-hmm. but we, I, she can't get in my head and figure out what's good and, and feel what I feel. Only I can. So if only I can, then it's all up to me. And yeah. if it's all up to me, what happens to someone else who I couldn't give two shits about if it's somebody down the street or if their opinion sucks, why do I let that affect me? I just, whatever. And go exactly. on. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's being centered in self. Yeah. It's the same. It literally is. I think it's, I'm, I'm feeling that it's the same thing. When he's saying what I say, even though we're coming from two different spots, I'm more of an assertive aggressive spot because I'm an assertive aggressive asshole. Uh, (laughs) It's it's just what I am. And I admit it, (laughs) you know, it's coming, it's coming from two different places, but it's, it's the right thing. It's how you deal with bullshit happening to you in life. Mm -hmm. I would think. Well, I'm sorry to hear about what happened with your dad. I, my father was gay and okay. he grew up, he was born in the fifties, 1950. And he grew up in a highly religious Methodist family slash Jewish family. He there couldn't was, say he was he, gay until how old was he? Uh, he came out, gosh, I was 21, 22. And so it was I think like 97, 98. Yeah. I think he was 50 99. when he came out. I can't. I think it's around 50. Wow, yeah. yeah. So I, I get it. I mean, watch- his whole life, he just internalized it and didn't tell anybody and lived a heterosexual lifestyle while uh-huh. never love it, never liking it at all. That's why I always make the joke. I'm lucky to be born, <laughs> 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 but, um, watching him and going through all that has kind of made me understand about, you have to stay very true to yourself and stay away right. from negativity, which is kind of why I don't well, so when, talk to my mother anymore. Cause she's just came a, out. I mean, you, it's like the entire world fell apart around him. Yeah. People stopped talking to me because he was gay. People stopped being my friend. Um, my brother had a hard time with it and still kind of does. Well, uh, that's his dad. I mean, you got to let that one, you, you know, know, he's, a, he's not, a, he may not be a hundred percent accepting, but he's not all, he's also not, not. Yeah. So, so it just, in it's this, not like you killed your father because, you know, I mean, come on. So your your brother's not being that bad. No, just as part of Arkansas, he just has co- issues because he doesn't understand. Sorry, yeah, part that's of all Ar- changing. That's all evolving. It's yeah. all good. And plus, part of Arkansas that it was not really a good thing until probably yeah. what 
but but look at these five ten years ago five ten years ago yeah. yeah right but but look at you know a lot of these faith communities and what they did with that now they too are evolving and we this is the good news is we only evolve in one direction it's true look at the arc of history we continue to evolve as humans on planet earth in one direction and that's for the better Right. Because love is self-evident where it is. And that's the thing that when I arrived to shaman school, that's all they talked about is what they want, where they're going and love. That was it. That was the only thing. And the only thing they asked me is what's true for you. And they continue to ask that question every single time we get together. What is true for you? And so it's it's a it's a practice of that discovering that very question. Right. And it's like I was talking about before in terms of where we were versus where we're going now. If a lot of these faith communities truly were leading with love as opposed to what is quote unquote, right. I agree with that, by the way, right. We, we wouldn't have these faith communities being the last to get on board with human rights and, you know, civil liberties for all, they would be the first but they're not, and they don't think they ever will be because that's oh, not they, what they I, I think they will that's be because I think they will be because there's people like me that are, are accepted in the communities, uh, even though I'm I'm not an I'm an outsider, but I'm not. For some uh, reason, I can always fit in wherever I'm at. Just I think it's just because I'm open and honest, and I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it'll eventually grow there because you know, as a conservative uh, Lutheran from the Missouri Senate, uh, you would think that would be so evil and bad, but no, you're thinking Baptist. Lutherans are different. Remember the joke. What happens when you get four Lutherans together? You, a get, fifth, a, fifth. you get a fifth, right? I tell all the time. <laughs> it, it, it's because Lutherans understand, at least my portion of Lutheranism, because you have the evangelicals, which take it even further. Sure. Um, you know, it, it, we understand that Jesus made wine which means he probably drank it. He drank wine at the Last Supper. He had to drink wine because the water would kill you. So <laughs> get over it. <laughs> right? Well, wasn't he practicing witchcraft? Yeah. Since there was no Christianity when he walked the earth, was he not a witch? Oh, yeah. He was definitely, I mean, the, the Jews at the time, he went into the synagogue where they're changing money in the front of the synagogue and turned the tables over and told them they're all assholes. Right. Right. And so, no, he was angry. He did. <laughs> he did things that would be considered bad. Yeah. Right. And by people who didn't consider him a messiah. Uh -huh. So. Uh, come on, folks. Come on, folks. <laughs> Jesus went down to the to, to Messiah or not. Put that aside. The guy went down and helped out the 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 people in. I'm still talking to the Baptists and people like that out here who may be listening. This guy went down to the the devil's den, as you would call it, where people were using whatever they had, whatever form of opium they had at the time, because opium is probably the oldest drug that we have. Uh, and they're drinking and they're prostituting and they're stealing and you could have sex with the 10 year old boy if you wanted to, if you had enough money, it was allowed back then. So he went down there and talked to those people and said, Hey, look, y'all don't have to do this. You could straighten up and fly right. 
Right. Just, you know, but he was just a guy. And again, there was no Christianity back then. He was just a guy yeah. walking through the streets. Have you been to Pompeii? Have you toured Pompeii? There was, yeah, I have never been outside the country okay, because, because it shows exactly what you were talking about. It shows the whorehouses yeah. and it shows an arrow pointing with a phallic symbol towards the, the places where you could go have sex with people. And you're right. They didn't discriminate between male or female, even young and old. Right. Like it was just a free for all. And <laughs> that's kind of why they started to develop, you know, these rules and these structures, you know, in order to kind of move and advance forward. But there was still there was commerce. There was a yeah. real society there. I mean, when you walk through the streets of Pompeii and you see the artwork and you see the streets that are organized and you see the shops and you see the whorehouses and you see the government buildings like it, that's all 2000 years ago, um, you know, when that happened. And it really takes you back to the time of when Christ walked on earth, if you believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and regardless of whether you think he's a Messiah or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's the guy that invented Christianity. So his teachings. Well, he actually didn't. He, well, he's, he's the star in yeah. the show, but he didn't invent it. It well, wasn't invented for another 150 years or 200 years later. Right. You know, as Christianity. You're correct. I mean, because right. it, it became a religion later after all the apostles were dead. So yeah. they just went off the writings and put it together. And then the Catholic church really fucked it up later when they ejected books and shit. That's why the Torah has more books in it than the old Testament. Right. Cause the Catholics said, fuck that. We don't want that in there. It's the six books to make the Torah. <laughs> well, I can't say I blame them. A lot of the old Testament is like pretty dense. It's fire and brimstone, man. Oh, Lord, don't cut <laughs> off my hands, my God. <laughs> so totally off subject, but curious. So can, I guess I think of like practicing shamanism is like using medicinal type substances and stuff. Can you, do you have to use that to be part of that? Is it, can you, uh, um, Yes and no. I mean, it really depends on what, you know, kind of part of shamanism you're really dialed into. For me, I mean, um, there was different really, places that you could different, different avenues you could take, different studies, different. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm just curious, but I mean, does like, uh, is it involved in all these studies? I mean, do you, because for yeah, me, I mean, if I wanted to do shamanism or anything, I can't take marijuana because I'm a nurse and I'll lose my license. Oh, yeah. You know, that kind of thing is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, if you can't smoke pot, you can't be part of shamanism. Sorry. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you picture in your head. I mean, when you see these places. Ayahuasca and stuff like that. I'm sure you guys use that, right? Sure. So plant medicines do hold a very real purpose, but it's not, you know, recreational drug use in the same way. Yeah. It is, it's, it's chemical treatments for yourself in order to have new experiences, They're right? basically pharmaceuticals to them. Yeah. And we don't differentiate between perceived experience and actual experience because the brain doesn't know the difference. Right. That's true. And so that's where we do a lot of our like our journeying, what we call uh, when we go and have these experiences with these en other entities. It's in what's called a journeying state. It's an altered state of being that you kind of put yourself into to go and have these experiences. And whether you're doing it to yourself or you're inducing it through, you know, plant medicines, uh, you can still go and have these experiences, much of which is life altering. I mean, if you look at some of what they're doing with PTSD right now and some of these plant medicines, oh, it's yeah. changing people's lives. Well, I like the ayahuasca and things like that. Well, I, I've been on the research of that. I'm a, if I smoke pot, I will have seizures, convulsions, oh, yeah, I and I will 
I will throw up and I almost, I mean, it's like, I'm, it's, it's my body's like, no, get out. We don't want this. I'm highly allergic to it. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in some of the, some of the uh, things that they're doing because it's fixing people's brains in certain occasions. So yes. in yep. medical, medically, this is not just some dude going out in a, in a hut with Bill and Bob. This is actually at universities that they're doing this. And I'm on the hunt to figure that out. I'm like, I want to know about that because yeah. that's something. If, yeah. is it messing with the, the front left portion of our prefrontal cortex, which is what causes us you know, to do certain things? They've mapped all this stuff. They know what it does. In right. the past 20 years, they figured it out. That's, I mean, it's just super interested to figure out what's going on. And there's some amazing TV shows out now um, on this exact thing. I watched uh, two actually recently on Magic Mushrooms. And just it's so one was more just what is that? And the other one is the show was more specific about how they were dealing with trauma and PTSD and Magic Mushrooms. Yeah, it's for- like. There's a like a medical study they're doing on PTSD and mushrooms, and it's, and I think what is it like twenty or thirty percent of the people are getting fixed. I, the the study that they had in the show it was much more like like eighty percent like wow. the, the huge, but it was a very specific you know thin narrow research that they were doing yeah. specific to PTSD. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, one thing that we've always been told on the other people we've talked to this about. If you could, if you're, if correct me if I'm wrong, Andrea, but if they have to be in the right mindset when they start this, if they don't, they're, they're going to they have a really bad experience. I right. Think and that's so what we learned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of tradition often that comes with tribes use of plant medicines and these traditions dial in exactly what you're talking about. Right. There, there's a purpose. There's a reason for the steps that they take as a tribe, as a group in order to walk an individual through that process so that they're not just like you're saying, hanging out there terrified and alone and tripping balls, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) the dragon's going to get me. No. (laughs) <laughs> it's puff man it's just puff he's fine he's smoking weed he's okay i guess in my head i picture like you doing this stuff and like having like uh, the dead talk to you or like animals talk to you or stuff like that to me i think that would be it scared the shit out of me more or less uh-huh. Yeah. And that's a, that's a beginner's approach kind of to the work, but as you kind of, you know, go through the steps to understand first and foremost, what is fear, right? Cause fear only exists within the mind that creates it. True. And so if you can look at that and say, okay, I'm not going to have fear. I'm not going to, I myself am not going to bring fear into this situation. I'm going to just allow to be what is for me and allow that to be true. Right. And to go down and, and and to have new, you know, experiences of a vast variety to, again, kind of discover what's true for you. You might not have the sensitivities and gifts in order to talk to plants or animals, but some people do. And that's not scary to them. It's that one guy on the Rocky Horror Show. I mean, I was I'd be scared shitless if my plant was talking to me like that. <laughs> but some people have that gift and it's, they've often had it from childhood. And so it's just the way they kind of exist in the world. And I mean, I myself is, have experienced communication with plants. Now, I, I, that's not my, my natural gift, but I certainly have had those experiences where I've been in, certainly you've, you've sat under, you know, a big tree and felt its presence. The question like, I have is, are 
from coming at it, I, I believe you and I don't discount that, but I wonder, was it the tree or was it more of your id that you were talking to? Yeah, it's, it's the latter. It's, it's the person being in the, uh, place the energy band of communication with that spirit with that entity and shamanism everything has a spirit right even every tree has a spirit every blade of grass has a spirit right you know there so it's just it's getting into alignment with the communication band that that entity lives in and then just allowing that to be what it is as it presents itself to you. And again, allowing that to be true. That's such a key component in shamanism is allowing it to be true when it shows up for you and understanding when you feel it within yourself, you know, truth within yourself, right? And to, to trust that inkling, to trust that gut feeling that says this is true. And that's a lot of the biggest hurdle for a lot of people who are new to the practice is they're like, well, I'm just making it all up. Well, are you ask yourself, are you making this up or is this information that you're getting from beyond you. It's kind of like how I started with shamanism and writing books and channeling books and, and all of that. And I just chased it and kept chasing what's true. And before, and, and it was in the allowing of it to be true and that I'm not just making it up that I really got into it so that when I was writing it, I'm like, I don't know why you're telling me to put this down, but I'll put it down. And a few chapters later, it'll link itself back up in a way that's far more intelligent and like, like just mind blowing for me. And so continuing to chase that has been really interesting for me. So how does one figure out your natural gifts per se? You said gifts like yeah. channeling and right. People I can't, usually just got Legos. People can't, <laughs> you know, may or may not be able to feel the presence of plants or whatever. How do, how do you figure that out? Well, you get really quiet first and foremost, because your natural sensitivities and abilities can't be heard unless you're extremely quiet. Right. And when you, you when you adopt that space and you start to search within yourself, like what is, you know, what are you getting? What what is because it's it's right there. And most people, again, have had their sensitivities or at least an inkling of their sensitivities ever since they were a kid. They just kind of knew, oh, I'm just kind of prone to understanding people when I come into contact with it. Like I just get who they are or, you know, I seem to have this ability to calm animals. That is like really interesting. Like we all have this inkling, this sense of what that might be. And it's again, getting super, super quiet, getting really clear with yourself and, and that listening to that voice. And again, allowing it to be true. See, and quiet doesn't necessarily the way I, the way I do this, and I've always kind of done this, I will turn my radio up as loud as it would go. And I've got an old school radio with two 12 inch speakers. It's, you know, eighties quintessential, you know, blow your Memorex self off the chair thing and I bl turn it up as loud as it will go. And, uh, then I end up tuning that out, but yet listening and feeling the, mu the music. Oh, and I just sit there and yet my mind is clear. So what you're doing is you are affecting the vibration around you. That's something we do in shamanism. That's why the drumming and the rattles is so important to us because what we're doing is exactly what you're doing. You're injecting your environment with certain vibes, right? With energy, with sound, right? And it's the same thing that we do. Like when we're doing the drumming, we, that's how we actually get into our journeying state is to kind of follow that drumming. It's almost like, you know, the, the feel heartbeat, right? And you kind of just follow that sound that, that beating that drum all the way into your kind of highest mind. So I get what you're doing. It's not wrong. It's just a different approach. Yeah. And it's, 
If it's not loud, it's not good because it's got <laughs> to be almost ear ringing loud for me to be. Well, able you got to do this. feel it right to your core. You got to yeah. feel that sense. Yeah, I get it. But That's, people with high anxiety, I don't think they could really be I've able. Got high anxiety. I'm saying certain people with high anxiety, <laughs> it would be really hard for them to be able to sit still, to be yeah. able to let that happen. Oh no, it's something I learned to do a long time ago because we used to have this stuff called mini thins with the Fedra that we used to buy over the counter. Oh my God, I remember those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my Lord, what did you do with those? Well, we would take like 10, 15 of them. Oh my God. <laughs> and it would, because I'm, I'm. What, what's the term? I'm, I, the medicine has the opposite effect on me sometimes. Yeah, you're, uh, f- uh, uh, forget the term, but yeah, most, yeah. it's not a side effect, but it's an it's adverse reaction yeah. to certain people. Yeah, like yeah, you so, give Benadryl to kids, it won't make them sleep, it makes them anxious. Yeah. So when I did the ephedra, I basically, uh, I would, most people, if you did five ephedras, you would be bouncing around ah, and be all dehydrated. Me, yeah. I calm down, which is where the ADHD medicine came from. They figured out that sometimes that works. And if you get the right kind of amphetamine, it works in everyone. And but for me, I was able to accomplish that with, with uh, the many things, which is dangerous and no one should do. Right. Uh, we've lost a lot of people. They go out and do some physical activity while doing that and they die because their heart goes, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. Anyway, so, but I, you know, I used to take that and it taught me how to be still even when my body was like, we're going to go, 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 go. But it taught me to be still because it actually calmed the voices in my head. And eventually I was able to learn how to do that. And because I learned how to do it, I was able to do it without the medication. So for, do you ever have somebody that comes into the school that like really wants to learn, but just can't sit still because they're very anxious individual? How do you can't get it? Oh yeah. That was me. That was one of my hardest uh, issues in the school is because their classes are five hours long and you're not allowed to move. And I was, I really frustrated. I was really frustrated in that type of learning environment because it's just not me. So I I totally get what you're saying. Um, But you have to, you know, just get there however you can. And, and there's, and they, they present a bunch of different options for different people, depending on how you learn and you know, who you are. Yeah. So how, uh, a couple more questions left, I guess, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. Um, I got it. One of the questions is that I came up with is I like Star Trek. I like Star Trek Voyager and in Voyager, they have a character called Chakotay which is actually a town here in Oklahoma, but whatever. Anyway, so um, he has a spirit animal, right? And I've always thought, you know, it's interesting. It feels kind of cool. And you've, you've, you know, expressed something, uh, some, some ideas about spirit animals. If, how does one find their animal? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a question I get a lot. You really have to go through the ceremony of that discovery. And it's a whole process of, uh, for, for me, I had our leader kind of take us through this ceremony of discovering your power animal or spirit animal. And uh, it was. But you and said then, we have yeah. three, right? Uh, we have four, actually. Four. four. Yeah. There's, there's the power stack is four entities, only one of whom is a power animal or spirit animal. Um, okay. But. It's, 
it's in the discovery of that because so many people go in with preconceived ideas. Like me, I have this enormous crow tattooed on my arm. It takes up almost my entire arm. And I thought for sure, like my crow, the crow was my spirit animal because I just wanted it to be. <laughs> right. But then I actually Vladimir got into Putin wants his to be a bear. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, because we have all these preconceived ideas of who we want us to be, but we're not actually tapping into the stuff behind the stuff. And then until you go into the ceremony to actually do the actual ceremony as prescribed by core shamanism, you're not really going to have that experience of discovery, but it's not a, it's not a complicated uh, process, but you do have to go through the actual ceremony to discover it. And there's so many people, they, they come out the other end and they're so bummed. Yeah. <laughs> like they get us a power animal. My, so, my, my power animal was a red fire ant. Not a exactly. bunch of them, just one of them. <laughs> right. So the <laughs> it's guy, not very helpful. <laughs> yeah, the guy who reviewed my books um, has his doctorate in shamanism, and he is terrified of snakes. And when he went through the ceremony, his the power animal that showed up for him was a snake. And he was like, "That's that was the moment I knew it was true. Because I never, of my own self, would yeah. never have generated a snake. I'm terrified of snakes. Like, And so for him to be presented with the power animal, his closest ally in shamanism as a snake was like, that's, so that's that. What's that makes me want to say that, from what I know about psychology, which is not formal training by any means, but that makes me wonder if that he's in so much at war with himself that his power animal had to be right something that he. It's the most adversarial thing on the planet. So he's would it mean that he's at war with himself so much? Mm-hmm. For you know, well, for him, I think yeah, my sure. spiritual animal will probably end up being a, the cockroach. I can't stand those things, and they give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> they do. <laughs> well, I was, very, I was very pleased when I came out the other end, and mine was a wolf. I was—I mean, I thought it was nice. a girl, but I mean, it was like, okay, I can hang with a wolf. That's cool. <laughs> I, I would just be afraid that my my power animal would be the Geico from the uh, or the gecko from the Geico commercials. That would suck. It's like you want to buy some insurance? Fuck you! I just want to get through the day. So not just anybody can sit there and be like my spiritual animal or my um, is whatever. You have to go through an actual ceremony to know you what do. it is. Okay, you well really that's good. You have to know. go through the ceremony of discovery to really identify what that is for you. You can't just uh, you know guess. Um, you have to really go through the ceremony and meet them, right? And meet them in the cave that they take you to. And anyhow, it they, it really does start you on this journey of having a relationship with this entity whoever shows up for you and like um the wolf that i work with has really truly changed everything that just in the way that i view the world because i've been given the gift of understanding and kind of sharing experiences with this you know wolf entity that shows me the world without the human ego without the human mind right and to be able to look at the world from behind that lens is a total game changer that's changed absolutely yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I had to learn to do that myself and just be out of self-defense. And it's absolutely right. It changes how everything is perceived. Yeah. Yeah. So another one question that I always ask people like this. So I got divorced two years ago. Well, no, you don't know where I'm going. Okay. You don't know where I'm going. I ain't talking about no women. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm just laughing. I'm like, what are you, where are you going at with oh, this? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I mean, we can talk about women if you want. I mean, I, 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 
And in the meantime, let's talk about what I was going to ask. So when I got divorced, I'm like, uh, my buddy, he's, he believes in everything. Doesn't believe in some things, but for the most part, he believes in everything. So he's like, well, you should sage your house. I was like, okay. So I tried to sage my house and it kind of felt like it worked. I was like, I don't know. I told him, you do it. And once he did it, my house felt bleached, like it was completely bleached. And it felt like there was nothing here at all. And all of a sudden, I broke my ribs. This, that, and the other happens. All this other crap happens. And it's like, I've run off my guardian angel or whatever it may be. And I was like, holy shit, this was not a good idea. And what do you think about that? Do you think that has any truth to it or... Yeah, I mean, as well, so there's kind of two different things going on here, right? So we have, you know, spatial energy, we have energy attachments, we have, you know, just kind of random energy that's kind of hanging out there. We've all walked into a room and felt that room be creepy. And we don't know why, but it just feels creepy, right? And so spaces, entities, you know, like all of these things, like they live just kind of on a different plane than us, but that doesn't mean that we're not sensitive to them or that we can't kind of, you know, decipher when they're there. And so it's having somebody do that work for you and your space clearing, who's, who's doing it with intention and who knows what they're doing, quite frankly. Yeah, I don't think he knew what he was doing. (laughs) That was my other concern. (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing. So I imagine he didn't either. Right. So then, you know, in terms of it affecting the score of good or bad luck for you, you know, I don't really see those two things being related. However, if he did something in an intentionally, uh, unintentionally, rather, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, what his intention was when he was doing that. Maybe you could ask him, but I don't really see them being related. But, uh, you know, who knows? Well, my intention was to yeah. rid the house of just everything. And so I may have yeah. done it to myself. Uh huh. Because I was like, I I want a new start. I want it to all be over. Uh Uh, Andrea asked me when my anniversary was for my first marriage yesterday. And I couldn't fucking tell her. I've completely erased. I I don't I don't know anymore because I don't Uh care. I don't want to know. It's not pertinent to my existence that that (laughs) happened, you know, and so that's what I wanted then. I was like, I just want to I just want to start over. Let's just right clear it and go but Uh what i didn't understand was either internal internally in my own mind uh did this to myself because i'm 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 a believer that we can it's possible that we could do things to ourselves yeah Uh, and and it has nothing to do with any mysticism which is we've you know changed our mindset or, or and if and I'm open to something greater than that happening and something different than that happening and I'm open to it and so you know I was just I was I think maybe I just did it to myself I well I, I, the I, trauma I, of a relationship ending is not nothing right and that trauma of the the termination of any relationship can carry over into your energy field in fact it probably will and that's probably what's affecting your luck more than anything. Well, it's but it's come back now. I feel more at home now. You know, whatever entity there was, if there was one at all, uh, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, uh, has. I feel like they've come back, and they're kind of watching over me a little bit more now. Yeah, I feel. I've always felt like somebody's watching over me because like things happen to me a lot that I'm like, that's just lucky right there. 
Well, the world is benevolent. All the spirits are benevolent. All of the earth is benevolent. That's it is the all there working for your highest and best. That's what the and Daniel guy was saying. He's like, there is no evil. <laughs> yeah, there is no evil. But outside of the human ego. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe. So you can't, I guess, sage a house and have, I guess, negative and not so nice things, entities, whatever you want to call them, come into your area that you saged? Again, I have never experienced them. Not, and again, I, I come to this whole thing as a non-believer, right? And okay. like, prove it to me. Like I was said at the beginning of the show, show me the ghosts. I want to see the ghost. And until I see a ghost, I'm not going to believe in a ghost. You know what I mean? I'm with like, you. So- I'm with you. <laughs> I want, I want this stuff to be true because it, it would explain a lot of crap. Yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe it's there. I don't know. I mean, no, we just we just live in the, the ego driven duality of good and bad and right and wrong. And we can't get away with it, get away from it until we evolve out of the ego, out of thinking and into being and into consciousness that changes the duality of me versus you to the unity of there is just us. Right. And, and it depends what lens you're looking through as to whether you're going to see evil or not. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what I've always said. I don't know. Does this, does this argument sound somewhat familiar to what I've. Yeah. Yeah. I exactly. mean, I, I mean, you're, I, I'm just, what I'm trying to do now is make sure that I'm not, I'm not front loading myself with, Oh, no. I'm such a great person. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like, and that you're the only person that can speak to this, Andrea, because you're the only one that sees me on a regular basis. Yeah, maybe, maybe what he's saying is basically what I've been saying. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I think most people think that. I think most people want to believe in the power of love being the highest and best, and even that you know God is love. Well, you know, there's nothing else beyond that if that's the thought pattern that you subscribe to. I don't know if Dahmer really. <laughs> Gacy, not sure. Dahmer in the end was baptized, supposedly. You can, you, you can, what's that saying that people like to use? You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a fucking pig. I know. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He might have, you know, he might've got bad cow disease from eating people. <laughs> I think he got executed by a prisoner that got tired of his bullshit. <laughs> He's like, your brain looks tasty. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what's true about that. I don't know if you've watched the Dahmer series on Netflix. Which I've heard is completely, completely bullshit. No, I've read some stuff where it's actually pretty close, but they've, of course, you know, Hollywood no, up a few fictionalized. things. I mean, come on. But some of it is pretty close. You got to tell a story. Yeah. I generally don't watch films like that because I'm really you know, I'm very careful about what I put into my mind. So I don't watch, you know, I, I do watch disaster movies, though. I find that when I'm having a really <laughs> bad day, like watching a disaster movie really picks me up because I'm like, wow, those people really have problems. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> or, hey, you know what? That guy's the bad guy and a building just fell on him. I'm OK with that. <laughs> <laughs> or watch horror films just to laugh. Yeah, that's mm, that's what I end up doing. Oh my gosh, me too. I'm the worst. When I get nervous, I laugh. And so like, I will literally be sitting in the, in the theater laughing my ass off in the scariest parts of the <laughs> film. That it's so inappropriate. I've often had to leave. <laughs> See, this is where, where I start mixing. So I, 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 I'm not, I'm not apolitical, but I'm close to very much apolitical. So whenever I hear somebody say something, I'm like, I internalize it and see if it's correct. 
And so there's a man, and I'm not going to mention who, but he says, be a monster. I think you and I, uh, Dale, are, we understand what be a monster means. Which you you got you to gotta stand up for yourself. Yeah. And, and your own person. Yeah. You got to be, you got to stand up for who you are and what you do. And that also comes with being introspective because you have to be able to have, you have to be able to wield the power, but have the mental capacity to understand when not to wield the power. Right. And to think about ourselves critically. I don't think that there's enough of that that happens yeah, that's in, what I was in North America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, well, I don't think, I think it's a human affliction across all. all, sure. across all. Yeah. I don't really think, I mean, if you go over to Russia, there's, there's the same, it, these stories, if you go back to the Iliad, even these stories have the same human problems that we have now. They're just a different setting and a slightly different explanation. Nothing has changed in a hundred thousand years. We're still having, uh, we're still having people steal from us. We're still having people break our hearts. We're still having people, you know, adultery, murder, for all the same reasons, it's it's not changed. We're just called being human. Yeah. You know, and we're, and it's when we can all finally get to that point where we understand that it's because we're human, we might actually not hate anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. Sorry. Didn't mean to just throw a giant bucket of water on the giant <laughs> fire. So we don't need this heat anymore. Let's just turn that off. <laughs> It's getting a little too deep there. Too deep. Need a lifeguard. Help. I can't. I can swim, though. It's just not everybody else can. That's the problem. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> All right. So you can find your books on Amazon. Is there can is there any way for if someone got your book and really enjoyed it and wanted you to like maybe sign it and send and, and send it back to them? Is that a possibility? That's totally a possibility. So if you buy the book on my website, daleallenrouse.com, nice. you can buy the books there and I'll sign it and send it to you. But if you buy it from Amazon, obviously, if you'd buy it direct from there, I can't sign it first. So, but if you buy it from me direct, you can. So uh, let's spell the website and make sure that we get it. That way everybody knows what it is. Sure. So it's D-A-L-E, Dale, Allen, A-L-L-E-N, then Rouse, R-O-W-S-E. So it's like house, but with a W, R-O-W-S-E, DaleAllenRouse.com. Nice. So yeah, if you want to read more about his books, or I guess they could probably contact you from there too. Yeah, and all my lists of services. So if you want to hire me for everything from business coaching to, you know, manifesting, to learn how to channel information. He will not exercise your dog, and I don't mean take him to the park. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyways, it's all there. I may be speaking out of turn, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't do that. Saying that, that would be a first. <laughs> My dog has a demon. <laughs> no, your dog is a demon. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, it's not inhabited. It just is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Andrea, what have we got? Have we got anything else coming up? We've got. We talked to the Jedi guy. I cannot think of anything. I've and we don't have anything lined up right now, do we? Yeah, not that I've been told. So we got Thanksgiving coming up. We, we might not do one Thanksgiving. Yes, we all want to spend time with our family. I don't know. Do you really want to spend time with my family? I just have my brother, so yes. Okay. And my kids. All right. I'll let you get tortured by them. I'm going to go in the other room and drink. So <laughs> whatever. Your dad's a nice guy. Yeah, man. yeah, my dad's nice. My, my mom can be a little ornery. 
Uh, they're nice people. They're good people. My mom won't let me borrow money. Well, yeah, I don't let my kids borrow money. I mean, Dale won't let me borrow money. My mom won't let me borrow money. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I don't know, Paul. Capital One, I guess. Maybe. Capital One. <laughs> discover card. It could be a discover card. <laughs> so, all right. So we got Thanksgiving coming up and then Christmas. We may miss a couple of weeks just because of that unless we get ahead. Um, I've still got the Zega interview that I'm working on. I may have already released it by this time because this one's going to be two weeks from now. Because uh, next week is Jedi. And then the week after that is uh, Dale here that we're talking to today. And then after that, that'll be the week before. No, that'll be two weeks before Thanksgiving, won't it? Mm-hmm. So that's when we're doing it. We're doing this one. What is today? It is... Twenty Sunday, the twenty third of October, right? And and Andrea's. I'm still trying to talk her into wearing the uh, uh, cardiac arrest nurse outfit for <laughs> Halloween. No, I no. We get you a pair of bloomers. Nobody will see your butt. He's been harping on this since it's he saw it in Spirit of Halloween, man. I'm just kidding. No, he's not. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'd like to see it. Sure. I mean, come on. Give me a break, will you? I'm a nurse every day of my life, so. I mean, you know, I mean, a hot nurse coming out to help you. I don't know if I really want the handcuffs, though. I'm not into that. Oh, gosh. What? There was no handcuffs. It was just a fake I got a pair of handcuffs out in the garage. No. Back when I was a bounty hunter, I had to have them. No, thank you. I lost a key years ago, though. No, even the more reason why not to put <laughs> Don't put on. those on. I don't have a key for them anymore. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll try to get some Christmas episodes going on. Maybe we can maybe we can find somebody who thinks they're Santa Claus. That would be oh, cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk to the clinically insane. Well, I don't know. We'd have to record probably from Arkansas State Hospital. <laughs> they don't put those people in hospitals anymore. They just let them go, you know? It's like, whatever. If you want to be, I mean, like furries. Really, who cares? If they want to dress up as furry and go on a date with another furry, let them do it. I really don't care. I don't really care either, though it's definitely interesting. It's weird. But, you know, I just don't know how they have sex in those things. I really don't. Do they just leave the heads on? What do they do? I don't, I don't want to know. That's, just, that's one thing I don't want to have on. I, I like to learn stuff, but I don't want to know about that. Well, we that. don't do video on this podcast, so we're good. Oh, my gosh. You, I mean, all you'd hear was, you know, maybe like this. You really love you. You're such a beautiful woman. Do you want to do anything tonight? Oh, my God, Paul. That's what it would sound like. I mean, it would be very bad audio. (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) Dale, I appreciate you being on, and uh, pray for my soul, will you? I will. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) He needs it. All right. So I guess that's it? I think so. All right. Bye. Bye.